Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. everyone welcome to another episode of leaving a legacy my name is patrick i'm your legacy newbie with me this week as always mr jerry me what's up jerry not much pat i am doing just grand yeah yeah i'm, I'm doing wonderful okay okay uh did you get out to any uh, legacy this week uh, i did i actually got a challenge from a listener really uh, yeah jeremy tibbetts a uh long time listener oh, yeah. of the cast he's you know yep. comes to all the leaving legacy opens you know good great guy yeah uh, avid uh esper Stoneblade player uh-huh and he's like you know you're always ragging on the cast about how esper Stoneblade is your used to be your favorite but it's not good anymore well i just top aided this event with esper Stoneblade, so <laughs> so they're like okay well send me your list <laughs> he's like okay here it is and he shot me the list over and I uh, sleeved it up and I ran it through a league. Okay. And I proceeded to go one in four. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's that's not necessarily an indictment of uh of the deck. Um, no, of course. Yeah. You know, it's it's been a while since I played Ezra Stoneblade and uh, I definitely made some misplays. Yeah. Um, I will say the deck does still feel really slow. Like I felt like I was kind of constantly a turn or two behind my opponent. Yep. But um it definitely was a super fun deck to play. Uh, and I got some really good matches out of it. Like I played against uh just guy control, which is, was my win. So Esper Stoneblade can beat just guy control. So that's good to see. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like that. I like that. Um, I lost to death and taxes and a really close match. Like, and I definitely think if I had played it better, I would have won that match. Mm-hmm. I made some, some critical errors uh, matching up you know my stoneforge mystics versus their stoneforge mystics <laughs> yeah yeah um but it was really close and i um i actually ran out of time so oh. I, I timed out against uh death and taxes um, oh wow but i definitely think i feel it- like stoneblade is one of those decks though that that can happen to like like usually my matches mm-hmm. against stoneblade are like pretty grindy in general well yeah it's like when i attack with a batter skull and they attack with a batter skull yeah it's <laughs> yeah. just like our life totals are staying the same are they still messing around with um with uh uh true name nemesis or is that kind of out of the deck at this point yeah it runs one true name nemesis okay Okay. um i just i didn't really find it but um so i i definitely feel like i could have won the death and taxes matchup if i wasn't you know bad uh but you know that that things happen so i'll I'll call it a two three win (laughs) yep um and then i uh as is uh you know karma fitting i lost a sneaking show with them just like ripping the nuts off the top of the deck (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh, yep that's that's justice so i'll take that loss that's that's whatever um and then i lost like eight walla because yep most most decks in the format have trouble dealing with like three Vengevine on turn one. So yeah, yeah, like, and that's just a good start, right? <laughs> yeah, that was just a good start. And then I lost to like Blue Red Delver, and that was where I really felt like I was just slow. Like I just yeah. felt like I was constantly on the back foot. Yep. Um, you know, I even had like uh, one of the games where I drew like three Swords to Plowshares and a Snapcaster Mage. And like, I still lost that matchup because I just couldn't keep up with the blue red Delver threats. And, um, you know, 
Esper Stoneblade has uh, some pretty good card advantage, you know, both Stoneforge Mystic itself and then also like Baleful Strix. Mm-hmm. But man, Expressive Iteration is a hell of a card. It really is. That card has grown on me quite a bit. Yeah. But I mean, overall, I had a ton of fun with the deck. And I mean, definitely, definitely still competitive. I don't know if it's like a tier one. I don't think I would say that about Esther Stoneblade. I, I think if you're looking for that style, you probably, probably want to still be looking at like the Jeskai lists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like kind of a mid rangey control list. But it definitely was better than I've been giving it credit for. So uh, early, early shout out to Jeremy. Nice. Um, you know, we should actually probably have him on the cast sometime soon to kind of go more in depth about it because. I yeah, well, that would be awesome. He's definitely one of the the best Stone Blade players out there. Yeah. Um. So be good to kind of get his uh, opinions on it because he he shared some things. Like I asked him, I was like, "Hey, why aren't you running like Caldra Complete? Like that's the the new, uh, you know, new spicy equipment card." And he yeah, yeah. went into it say it's not really what the deck wants. You know, there's too many ways to remove it, and unlike like the Death and Taxes deck that can reset it really easily with mm-hmm. Orion and you know things with like that the Esper deck doesn't really have that option. So it just ends up being a dead paperweight like yep. way too often. So, huh. uh, but yeah, shout out early shout out to Jeremy for challenging me to, uh, run the, the match through a league. Um, you know, I didn't do too well, but I think that was, you know, <laughs> not necessarily the deck's fault. Yeah. Yeah. But nice. it, it was good. It was good fun. Sleeve it up as for Stoneblade again, because it is also one of just my absolute favorite decks to play. It's just like just, a classic legacy deck, right? Yeah, like, it's 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 one yeah. of those lists where it's like if you were stuck on a desert island and you could only bring like two decks to jam against each other till the end of time. Yeah, like I would probably bring like Esper Stoneblade and then either like a Maverick list or like a Rug Delver or something. Oh, like that, that sounds like, like fun. Yeah, like like it, it, just Esper Stoneblade, especially it just it leads to some like the most fun and interesting lines lines of magic that just doesn't yeah. get old yeah yeah i can see that for sure yep. sure but yeah that was my legacy this week what about nice. you uh i haven't gone out yet this week i am going out uh what's today monday so i should be heading out wednesday to eld i've just been super busy the last week uh with uh working on my my uh my bathroom which is finally done so i might send some some uh, pictures of the group chat but it looks it looks freaking awesome put a lot of work into it came out looking really great so but that's what that's basically been my my uh my week de- my weekends and uh weeknights and uh i think i was still working on it at like almost 10 o'clock last night but that was basically the, like 99 done at that point so but um yeah i plan on going out to uh eld time vault on wednesday to play some uh some legacy i'll be rocking some blue red delver so um yeah i'm pretty pretty stoked for that i will have everyone give everyone the update next week when we uh when we record but uh did you cut the pyroblasts from uh the main deck (laughs) yeah so i haven't messed with it yet but yeah the the pyroblasts are coming out of the main deck for sure i'm probably going to cut one or two from the sideboard as well i have a few more copies of meltdown that roland sent to me uh from new york so hopefully they'll be here in time for the event uh so i can have my japanese copies sleeve it up for the deck um but yeah i'm probably gonna get i'll probably cut the main deck blast and then add a threat to it i don't know what maybe a second uh uh mm, i I, honestly i'm not really sure yet but maybe uh, what's that fairy that that one blue blue fairy the petty theft and uh, brazen borrower borrower. so i might cut it for a second brazen borrower but we'll we'll see i'll i'll have the uh, i'll put up the picture and all that stuff uh when when i play next week um or rather when i play this week um but uh but yeah i'm looking forward to it man i've really been enjoying like being back in the in the flow of legacy so uh Sweet. yeah that kind of brings us to our guest actually so someone who's been uh 
kind of getting the flow of legacy in his own community. Uh, this is actually a uh, suggestion from one of our listeners, Colin. He said, hey, I have a buddy out here who's been running some, uh, you know, paper legacy uh, down in the Bay Area, some cash legacy events. And he's like, I think you guys should have him on for a segment. I said, fuck a segment. We'll take him on for a whole episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we got a long time, long time uh, friend of the cast. And I know you've been on the Facebook page forever. Uh, Vic Coleman, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, good. Um, yeah, it's just the main reason why I want to come up on the show is that I thought it would be it would be hard to organize uh, local events. Mm-hmm. And the hardest part is getting players to show up to show that they want to uh, be there because yep. as you know magic players like oh uh the event starts at 12 o'clock i'm going to be there at 1205 with 15 cards i want to buy from the shop yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the magic players are like notoriously flaky in general right like <laughs> we cannot commit we cannot, yeah we're tr- <laughs> like everyone most of us are trying to min max life like life experiences in general so like committing to anything like uh, ahead of time is like a cardinal sin yeah, but it, it's it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. No one shows up to play Legacy because no mm-hmm. one shows up to play Legacy. Yep. But if the people just showed up to play Legacy, then people would show up to play Legacy. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a chicken and the egg conundrum. <laughs> yeah. But um, the main thing is that, like, I, I've been just talking to a lot of store owners around the Bay Area, and they're remarkably happy to go hey you're you uh you need anything for me uh and then most of the time i just i just want table space i'll bring a bunch of nerds there mm-hmm. and if um and if you need like a little bit of money from the uh a little bit of money i i pay a little bit of money to you know make sure it's i'm not trying to exploit anyone and uh the generally speaking i don't take any money out of the prize pool and it I just, you know, charge like $30 to make it exciting for most legacy players because let's be honest, no one, not many people uh, who play legacy are kids and, you know, no one's really really excited about, oh, you win a four round event. Here's your six packs of standard cards. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) But you, you know, you show up to a four round event and you go, here's your $130 for coming in first place. You get a little more excitement from that. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely like uh, I can definitely get like a couple of cases of high noon for that for sure. <laughs> or you can get like two gallons of gas. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the West Coast, that must be absolutely brutal right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't drive, so I, oh I nice. Literally do, I literally don't know. So let me ask you something. So like, how did you get like? you know your partnerships with stores that you go into do you are these places that you have relationships with, relationships with already or you just kind of like approach them and say hey like i have a bunch of friends who play legacy i've been organizing games you know is it cool if we use your space well so for me it's kind of a bit of a uh unique situation because i've been playing legacy and magic for the past in the bay area for the past you know 12 years or so so i know a lot of the people around mm-hmm. but Honestly, one of the store owners uh, I talked to, I have never met other outside of, I played him in a couple of events a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And another person uh, who opened a store, surprise enough, it's a card game store that does everything but magic. Mm-hmm. Wow. De- like, de- they must have had like a conscious decision of like, Fuck magic. I'm not going to do magic. <laughs> like it's, I can't believe that they've just like opening a game store and not at least heard of magic. No, 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 no. They, they, they've heard of magic. 
but they don't sell it. They don't do magic events or things like that. Huh. Or if they have magic, it's a small thing. I, I've never been to the store. Uh, he used to work at Channel Fireballs uh, in charge of their Pokemon section. Mm-hmm. So the store has a lot of Pokemon, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, some crazy anime ones. It just, I think it's more of long, long lines. He said, I might open a car game store and game store, and I'm going to carve out my niche and rather try to compete with everyone. I'm going to do other things. Hmm. But hmm. once a month, I'm going to, you know, get hopefully like 20 nerds to his place and play Legacy. And if I have to, uh, if I have to give him like $5 a table for each person, that's fine. It's still a better price payout than you know you get it at GP. So that's kind of like the agreement that you worked out with the stores. They like charge you per seat. It depends on the uh, depends on the thing. Like uh, this Sunday, which unfortunately it's not going to help uh, get more people there. I'm going to channel Fireball, and um, I'm not. Uh, they're not charging me anything, mm-hmm. but. Then again, they also the times of uh, the timing's a bit odd. So we'll see if I go back there again. It's mm-hmm. it's nothing against them. It's like they're great people. It's more along the lines of I don't want to run an event starting at 10 in the morning because I know people have to travel like an hour to get to sometimes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to travel an hour at 10 in the morning to go to an event that has to close down by 5 p.m. And there might be six rounds. Right, right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, are you like, so you're you're actually like traveling to like to these events then. So like, what is the radius that you're willing to like move in the Bay Area to, to make these events happen? So, so far, uh, I'm, the furthest away I'm going to uh, go so far is to Sunnyvale, which is about 40 miles from where I live, okay. maybe 50. Um, how long does it take I, to travel up there oh, it's like any major city it could be an hour it could be two hours gotcha gotcha yeah like, i i don't predict traffic yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that makes sense so what are the, like the biggest challenge so now that so kind of like an interesting challenge that you have because you're running these events like all kind of at these different stores how has it been like getting people to come to these individual stores do you feel like it's the same group kind of traveling with you around to these events or are you getting like like local draws and then some people are going to these events like doing the further drives how does that work out for you well so there's a bunch of people that the, the san francisco bay area um, which i'm vaguely a part of is a, about like 150 miles across so yep. there are some people who will come any distance there's some people who will only uh, go to uh, events uh, in their city. There's some, it's, uh, but for the most part, most of the people will, are going to be going to most of them. Okay. And in terms of, uh, in terms of, yeah, it's not pretty much it. Um, but then again, um, if I go further north, um, which the furthest north I'm going right now is Sunny uh, Sunnyville. Mm-hmm. I know there's people that live uh, further north, uh, even upwards of Sacramento, who might show up for a monthly event, and that's the mm-hmm. important thing. The other thing that I'm really trying to do, and 
I can't trust you enough. If anyone else wants to do this, is get over yourself. Let people play with proxies. It's yeah. legacy. Sure, you're uh, you want to you want to make it so it, you know people get money out of it. I don't play with proxies. That's not because I'm against them or I think I'm better than them. I just don't need them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask somebody to spend a thousand dollars to get an underground sea so they can play a deck. Right. Right. And it, I don't know it, how. It, yeah, kind of like because you're bouncing between stores too. Like a, a lot of stores aren't big on the proxy events just because they are also trying to like sell product. So I think I've seen a lot of stores kind of flip around on that lately, which has been nice. But like because you're able to yeah. move between stores, they're not like I, I imagine they don't have an issue with the proxies thing either because it's like oh, if people buy the cards, they buy the cards. If not, it's not not a big deal. You know, they're kind of tra- traveling a traveling yeah. band, right? Well, yeah, there's some stores uh, that I'm only going to. Uh, there's some stores that have stricter policies on proxies, mm-hmm. and uh, it's their circus, their rules. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, the Channel Fireball event I'm having, there's going to be no proxies. Channel gotcha. Fireball would let proxies have it, but the way that they would let proxies are confusing enough that I don't want to try to explain to people. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just not going to be like, no, too confusing. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. I don't want to cause any drama. So yeah. no proxies for this event. Yep. But most places, like, how should I put this? There are going to be more people who will show up to an event if they can proxy than there are going to be people who would buy an underground sea or a volcanic island or a city of traders mm-hmm. or an LED because in order to play an event this size. It's not a GP. It's not like a pro tour thing. So I just rather have more people than um, if I put it. I'd rather play you than your wallet. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I respect that. What are like, what kind of uh, like turnout do you get at these events? So it's normally, a, uh, it's so far it's been a kind of uh, small because I've been mo- mostly doing it in my hometown, which is, for lack of a better word, an island. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's mountains, only one person, uh, only really one or two places or roads you come in and out of, but around uh, the mid dozens, okay, uh, uh, 15 to 20 ish. That's still um, but, that's a solid that's a solid showing, yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, Channel Fireball, uh, they said, uh, but the information I have right now is that I'm kind of a soft cap of 24. Mm-hmm. And it's on a Saturday. No, it's on Sunday. It's the twenty fourth. I'm just bad days. <laughs> but there might be more seats just because uh, the uh, they're also running a blood a flesh and blood event, and they don't know how oh, many okay. people are going to show up there. Yeah, yeah. But my uh, and so far I've got a uh, I got a waiting list or a list of about fifteen people. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. So what's been like the biggest challenge for you organizing these these events? Like I said, magic players. Yeah. <laughs> like uh when one event, the first event I had, I had like 30 people say they were going to show up, and only like 16 people showed up. Yep. It's like yeah, uh, that's that, that's like people don't realize that you know tournament organizers take a huge risk and it's like people always want guaranteed prize pools and things like that but all of that is just a huge risk of it's like if people don't show up 
and like, you know, eight people do show up and you promise a prize expecting, you know, 30 people, people are going to get pissed at you if you don't follow through with that. And that means you're paying out of pocket. And Mm -hmm. that really puts CEOs in a really precarious position. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's one reason uh, in general, I, one, uh, one thing I would change about TOs in general is like uh, prize pools based off, uh, based off attendance, expected attendance is 20 people. Uh, price pool goes up if more people show up. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's it's always this tough thing too, Jerry. Like when you want to you want to guarantee a price payout, and then if people don't show up and you have to scale it back, you're the bad guy for doing it. It's it's it puts people in a tough spot. So I do like the I do like the you know this is like what we're comfortable saying. It's a minimum, and then it scales up as people as people show up. You know. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I just simply say price pools based off attendance. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Like that's if, totally fair. Um, so I said, if 20 people show up, the price pool is going to be $720. If, yeah. Uh, if 10 people show up, the price pool is going to be $300. Right. Right. That's still, that's, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So um, the meta must be pretty interesting too, right? Because, you know, because you're traveling around to different stores, you're pulling in like different local players as well. Is it shift? So, is it shift quite a bit? So the thing is that, um, as much as I hate to say this, most of the meta in uh, the Bay Area, because the Bay Area, almost everyone who plays Legacy uh, would be rich elsewhere. Uh, it's pretty stock decks. Um, okay. There's a case, there's people who have their pet decks, but it's, uh, let's see, uh, one event, uh, I play them because I I'm not going to do all this work and not play them. Right. <laughs> but in one event, I played against Blue Red Delver three times in okay. four rounds. Uh, and this is one reason why I uh, showed you my uh, spicy uh, yeah <laughs> elves list because I just want to try out you doing something. Uh, Jerry, have you seen my uh, red uh, green red elves list? Uh, I don't not recently at least. Okay, so. It has two red elemental blasts. This is all sideboard. Three prior blasts. Three price of progress. <laughs> a meltdown. Two ruinations. So the sideboard's just red. <laughs> so it's elves with a red sideboard. <laughs> well, so my traditional elves list has uh, eight cards that require black mana to be spent on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not that much different. A Rukthar, because if I'm going to go red, I'm going to switch uh, uh, Archon of Valor for that. And it's uh, designed to punish lands and punish Delver players. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, he sent me the, he sent me the sideboard. He's like, oh, this is my Elves list sideboard. I said, wait, what? <laughs> and like, I'm not like super familiar with like Elves in general, but I had to ask. I was like, so, and he's like, oh, this is like, because we have so much, you know, this is like specifically for Blue Red Delver and lands. Like, yo, fuck you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, like, so in my normal list, I play two approaching case, two assassin trophies, a uh, grist, three thought seizes. Yep. So it's not like, oh, I also play, uh, this is just my personal thing, uh, two driven despairs. Mm-hmm. So my sideboards are already like, uh, elves is almost always like, a mono green deck splash splashing a black is their sideboard color. Yeah, but uh, 
the one thing that uh, that I found uh, kind of uh, is a topic or just a quick thing. Did you guys see that uh, like Zoomer talking about how Bob Wong is washed out? No, I so you you had mentioned that and I wasn't sure what you were referencing. Was it like a Twitter thing? Yeah. So so this guy uh, said Bob Wong has uh, hasn't. Uh, sh- we shouldn't pay attention to him because he hasn't won a, a challenge since like January, <laughs> and that's because Bob Wong saw the, saw the format and goes, "I don't want anything to do with it." Or this is at least what I understand. Yeah. And he then jumped on a challenge this weekend and top aided it. <laughs> Yeah, people who are like, yeah, disregard Bob Wong are insane. Like, he is a, he is a very good matching player. <laughs> I mean, he has a play decks I like, but he is one of the best matching players of all time. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's great. I love Bob. <laughs> I can't believe someone was like, yeah, you can't, you can't listen to anything he says. That's a, that's an insane oh, thing to say. <laughs> oh, my favorite thing is he doesn't play, uh, this person doesn't play uh, Blue Red Delver because he, replaces Delver with Ledger Shredders and he plays like a couple of dazes with Predicts. Okay. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Yeah, I don't play Blue Red Delver. I just play a deck that looks exactly like Blue Red Delver 90% of the games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, mad magic people, man. What can you do? Yeah. What can you do? Um, are there are there any card arts you like from Double Masters, either of you? I, I'm not, I I haven't actually even looked at the new Double Masters. Yeah, neither have all. I. <laughs> neither have I. Why wow, was there something that came to mind, Vic? Well, so uh, my elf deck is foiled as much as it possibly can be foiled. Mm-hmm. Barring uh, there's five cards in my deck that can be foiled that aren't foiled now, and those are Alshore Shepherds, mm-hmm. weren't foiled before, and Guys Cradles. I only have two. I'm sorry, I. <laughs> surprised you even have the two <laughs> those uh those are a pretty penny yeah but i mean i've been playing elves since uh top was banned yep so kind of doing that uh anything else interesting that happened in your match for you guys uh this week's been like like i said because i've been so busy with uh with like the <laughs> Get lost in my bathroom, uh, but I'm actually looking at some of these uh, these artworks right now. So, Double Masters is just like a like I don't understand what is the what is the theme behind this set? Why is it called Double Masters? Uh, so they call it Double Masters because you get to buy a pack. Yep. And there's two rares and two foils and. Oh, okay. And it's twice as much as a normal master set, and you get half the value. <laughs> wonderful yeah i'm looking at some of these uh some of these cards here and i didn't see anything here that it, like made me think like oh this is a card that really needed a, re- a reprint like, i guess food chains in there like liliana is in there bitter blossom uh i, I see allosaur shepherd allosaur shepherd actually needed a reprint didn't it because it was like a pretty limited set before this yeah it was it, it's more the fact that like it was a card that was clearly going to be see uh see uh constructed play and it's not yep. foiled yep like I, I i understand you know seven mana six seven green creature that enters the battlefield does something stupid like gain six life mm-hmm. no one's really going to be like oh my god to get to is not in foil yeah 
but hmm. you know, like Muxus. I don't think Muxus has a foil. Oh, okay, yeah, because that was in another. That was another limited set, wasn't that in like a commander set or something? They're both in Jumpstart. Oh, Jumpstart. That's what it was. Yeah. The insanely oh, they reprinted popular. Lightning Bolt. <laughs> insanely <laughs> popular Jumpstart. I know. <laughs> tons of copies of those cards that, that, everywhere. That's, that's the thing. Is just been so many like so many sets put out, and I just I don't know, man. Like I feel like it, like because like so little like. There's only so much money that's being spent on magic every every year, right? And like if they put out all these sets and like one card pops out of a set, but because there's because people's like money is being spread out over you know X number of sets that are being opened, it seems like some of these cards pop a lot higher than they should just because there's like this cool. it's almost like artificial scarcity, you know. Well, it's even worse on Magic Online because at least in paper, like Wizards prints a certain amount of the set and at least those those exist. So if yeah. a card does pop, well, now there's like shop owners can dig those boxes out of the back of their game store and sell them and yeah. increase supply. But with Magic Online, just by the very nature of Magic Online, it's it's literally print to tema- demand like right. to the to the booster pack. You know, right. they only they only it release as many booster packs as people sign up for drafts. Right. And when those drafts are over, they're gone forever. Yeah. And so when a card gets popular, especially after the draft is left, you know, it's very hard to get more copies in. Or even there's sets where the set like never even comes out on Magic Online and it's only released in treasure chests. Mm-hmm. And that's how we end up with things like I think Alice Horace Rider would hit like $80 on Magic yeah. Online. And it's yeah. just or Panic Capineer, was that like 130 at one point? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because crazy. it was a commander, it only came out in treasure chests. So yep. yeah, it, it like I, I am getting kind of fed up with wizards like special promo, eight different packs and special sets that are limited run because you you're right, it just it leads to these like new cards that you need to have in the decks right and it's like they're they're starting to rival prices of like uh you know the staples like force of will and things Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. and you know i remember back in the day where it's like yeah you had your dual lands and dual lands were expensive but everything else other than that was less than a hundred dollars like i remember when Tarmogoy first got popular and Tarmogoy hit a hundred dollars, people were like, man, this is crazy because yeah. up to that point, staples were like capping out at like 25, $30. Yep. Wait, wait, are you saying that Tarmogoy is a good creature? <laughs> it was back in the day. Not anymore. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I just had to get that in there. But the, the other thing, um, and well, one reason why I play elves is because, like uh, aside from uh, Alice Shore Shepherd and let's see, like Alice Shore Shepherd, Endurance and Passage uh, are like the only cards in my deck that have came out in since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got I have a Yavamaya, which you don't really need. It's just like so, but going back to the uh, Magic Online stuff. I was almost shocked to see that, like, it's almost more expensive to get uh, modern decks on Magic Online than it is to get paper decks. Yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm very thankful, Legacy, that, like, uh, you don't run, no, as far as I know, no Legacy deck runs, like, 12 elementals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could be wrong. There, yeah. there could be some, there could be some guy who goes, like, here's my... Battle of Witch deck that runs five, four of every elemental coffee. Like, sure, you you can do that, but I I just didn't see it. But as opposed to a modern where uh, you have there they have this four color deck that runs like four endurances, four 
solitudes and four furies. Yep. Yep. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't play magic online, but uh, Jerry, do you know how much those cost? Uh, I haven't looked at those. I just, I just hit the rent all button. And then sometimes it says, sorry, you can't, you're too poor to rent this deck. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll go back in my hole. All right, give me sneak and show again. At least I can afford that. <laughs> yeah. I, I was pleasantly surprised though. I was pleasantly surprised that Esper Stoneblade uh, is within the renting budget because uh, you know, it's not running any of these fancy doodads like Urza sagas and things like that. <laughs> fancy dude. Yeah. Another. Yeah. Yeah crazy yeah I'm, I'm actually looking at some of the art for double masters like i it's, i actually really dig some of the borderless uh, art that was done for the cards like the kozilek art is pretty dope the ulamog art is pretty dope I'm not a big fan of emrakul um but yeah some of these like the borderless cards um are pretty sweet actually there's a but, bunch of good yeah. art there's What's even that? art there's even art for a card that i wish was never printed that i just love the art for what's that uh written 60 dollars Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That that art is pretty pretty sweet too. Yeah, yeah. But, I like the uh, some of the borderless cards. There's there's some cool ones in there. So I'm, the surgical extraction is pretty awesome. The uh, unearth is pretty cool. Very metal, very metal cop, uh, looking copy of unearth, which I like. So I haven't looked at double masters at all. Are there any new cards in double masters, or is it all re reprints? I'm... It's all reprints except for a card that literally does nothing in a game of legacy. They just decided to put one new card in a set of reprints. <laughs> Well, so it's a uh, it's a land that uh, during your draft portion or deck construction portion you mark it and it's uh, coming to play tap land. Mm -hmm. So every pack has this card. I forget what it's called, but so you 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 get this thing, you make your deck, and you uh, and you know rather than printing ten gates or ten, I don't know what ever coming to play tap land. Mm -hmm. Each pack has one of these, and you draft them, and then you realize that you're playing a black-green deck instead of a blue-red deck, and you don't have to worry about being the gruel one as opposed to the Demir one or whatever. Oh, yeah. Cryptic Spires. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. The oh. other thing is, are, um, are either of you going to uh, the uh, pit open? Unfortunately not. I have a family member getting married, so I mean... Oh, Jerry's always got someone getting married. Uh, I told them I would go to their second wedding, and they didn't find that very funny. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck going to this one. Yeah, I'm not, go I'm not going either just because it's in football season, and I, and I coach, so it's hard to, hard to get away for a while. Look, bring your football team there, show them some team exercise by, you know, Teach them how to draft and beat up on nerds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, one of my kids, like, one of my actually, both my kids like to play magic. One of them, one of them only really knows a little bit of about about it, but um, yes, but you, you got you got to teach the jocks young their natural prey. <laughs> it's funny because I like very much was like in both camps as a kid. Like I was very much a, oh, no. a, a, like a good athlete, but also like a serious like nerd. So. Uh, oh. Yeah. The fact is that, that that's that shit bullshit only happens in movies. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Like that's really funny. Um, like, have, have you played any of this uh, double double masters yet, Vic? I don't play limited. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, same. Like my my joy in Magic is knowing what I'm going to play and planning planning my decks. Mm -hmm. So I don't particularly enjoy. Opening a pack with no red cards and then 
having everyone be on my other side pass me red cards. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. I got you. Yeah, limit. I was never like I. I never learned how to play limited, so it was never something I was drawn to. But oh, and just to show you how old I was, I started Magic before limited was a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, you see, you've been playing for a while then. Well, no, I haven't been playing for. Well, I I got back into Magic, or I, I started playing Magic in Unlimited. Okay. Uh, then I quit during Necro Summer or Winter or whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then I. Got a little bit of a uh, little bit of Ravnica stuff. Uh, the first Ravnica, mm-hmm. like I got like a box of a couple of the sets, and we just played more of the board game because we weren't getting any more stuff. Yeah. And then I got back at the end of uh, Innistrad. Um, I'm very thankful I got back in Innistrad because uh, that was like the best standard format of all time, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. It it kind of feel it kind of felt like a very low power version of modern or legacy. Mm-hmm. Is in people were playing these really interesting decks, and there was all sorts of strategies that you could play, and there was like combo, aggro, and tempo and control decks, mm-hmm. which is very rare for a standard set. Most yeah, time you go yeah. like most of the time in standard, you're like oh, red deck wins is the best deck in the format. Don't bother playing anything else. Or blue white is the best second in the format. Right. Or right. I don't know uh, what was that. A teamer energy or rug energy is the best second yep. in the format, and it'll go to time every round. Yep. Yep. I remember that pro tour. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So, what got you into elves then? Because I know you said that you're an elves player. Like, what uh, what sparked that interest for you? So, elves is a deck that sparks everything about magic for me that i like which is mm-hmm. it is uh thematically a uh, a fun deck i like elves i've been it at heart mm-hmm. uh, it is a in-depth deck it does uh one of my favorite things of strategy which is day nine strategy is if you don't know what your opponent's doing or how to counter it just kill your opponent mm-hmm. like uh, or as uh, Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they're punched in the mouth. Yep. <laughs> yep. And like, it's a deck that legitimately, I could play this deck 10, 10 games or 10 matches and none of the matches will play out the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's not to say if the deck's not consistent, it's that when you go off on your combo turns, your glimpse change, you have to figure out the best line of play, and that changes based off each card you draw. Mm-hmm. It as it also has the ability of having multiple strategies. I I won games just by going okay. Um, turn two, I play five creatures, and I start attacking for five or six a turn. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Right, right. Yeah, or it has the combo turns. It, it just it just a very complex deck. Um, yeah. I almost went, um, the first legacy deck that I really went hard on was uh, Top Miracles. Mm-hmm. And while they don't have the same goals, uh, Top Miracles being a control deck and um, Elves being a combo deck, they both have the, you, uh, it's a deck that you can spend 10,000 hours playing 
much like you know Esper Stoneblade. Mm-hmm. And just and like yeah, master it over that kind of time, right? Like just think yeah. it takes those right. You can't like I feel like there are some decks out there where you just can't force you can't force the knowledge, and it's not it's not well, at least for a player like me, it's always it's not always um you know uh you can't always intuit all the lines. It's like you have to have the reps in with some decks, you know. Yeah, and um the last thing I was gonna say is that like nine out of ten games I lose, it's because I made a mistake. Yeah. You like you like having that kind of in your hand, right? Like uh, the responsibility of a win or loss, I, rather having some like effect on it yourself. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's one reason I don't play death and taxes. Yep, yep. Right. Oh, I I guess I just drew the wrong half of my deck. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, but there's there's plenty of decks. Um, one surprise. Uh, one thing I'm kind of surprised I don't see much is uh. Sailor's Bane. Do you guys know what that card does? What card? Sailor's Bane or something like that. It's from mm, uh, the no. Commander's Legend. Okay. Uh, I'm surprised it doesn't see any play at all. It's like a one of in um, Delver. Yep. So it's a 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, it costs one less for each instant or sorcery in your graveyard or exile zone. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is a dragon turtle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I vague. This is from Dominaria, right? Oh no, it's Commander so, Legends. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Commander Legends. Yep. Um, yeah. It, then again, I don't even know if it's on Magic Online. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it might not be. I have no idea. I know that Misk and Brew just recently got added into chess. Oh really? I I know that like uh, currency converter wasn't on Magic Online for like mm-hmm. four months. Jeez. I honestly, I I stay away from Magic Online as like like the plague, man. I avoid it. It's just not my. <laughs> it's my domain. It's just it's just not for me. I've come to terms that Magic Online is not built for players like me. That's all. I just don't want to buy two uh, collections. Yeah. Yep. I can see that being totally reasonable too. Oh, so yeah. Anyway, the Sailor's Bane seven blue blue for a seven seven dragon turtle. It costs one less to cast for each for each card you own in exile and in your graveyard. That's an instant card, a sorcery card. Or a card that has an adventure. Oh, interesting. And it has Ward 4, which basically makes yeah. it like, huh. So if you're, I don't know exactly what you face in your meta, but if you aren't really sure what you want to put in there. Um, I could totally put Sailor's Bane. That's just that's just like, I mean, it doesn't have any evasion, but a 7-7 seven, seven body is just not bad. <laughs> not bad for two blue mana. And like, uh, it, it, it works well with like your... Um, with your uh, expressive iterations of cards just happen to stay in exile, it works well. Like, you know, even with your delved cards, it's nice that like your delved cards aren't, you know, uh, preventing you from casting this as well, you know, because it's not necessarily a delve mechanic. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, I'm surprised it's not like a one or two of in delver decks. Yeah. I'm gonna, I might try that this week, actually. I'll have to see if uh, Eric has any in, uh, in stock. I, like I would be surprised if they're expensive. I mean, I was looking, uh, it says they're 16 cents. I don't know if that's like, that's on TCG player. So I could probably get them for like a buck or two at the store, you know, like short notice like that, which is fine with me. I don't mind supporting the local stores. Yeah. I like it. And going back to what I was doing is I want players to go to local stores, but mm-hmm. again, I allow proxies because the cards that people, the cards that most people are proxies are either like obscure random commons that no one has. Yep. Uh, or 
seven hundred dollar cards. Okay, yeah, right, right, exactly. And the people aren't going to show up to an event to buy a seven hundred dollar card if they're only if they win first place, they get like two hundred dollars. Yep, yep, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Vic, before we start wrapping up here, I did want to ask you, um, where can people find out about your events? Like, do you have like a Facebook group where people can follow you or do you post it on like a, a Twitter thread or? Well, so, uh, I post them to, I post to a lot of Facebook groups and discord groups. Uh, you can find me, uh, on Facebook, at Vic Coleman, okay. uh, just V I C C O L E. M-A-N or Sinorna on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also on Discord. Uh, but I really don't know how to engage people on Discord very much. Um, Dude, same. <laughs> same. I mean, I, I can talk to them. I use it a lot. I just, it's really hard to find new people. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see, what is my... So it's Sinorna, uh, hashtag, pound symbol, whatever you want to call it. Yep. 3489. And, okay. Uh, I just want to say thank you for having me on. No, it was and great. Was, to, yeah, man. I'm, was, I'm kind of disappointed that you guys have kind of cut back on the anti-work stuff. <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> I mean, we can we can dive into it now. Yeah, right? we're we're down for anti-work. It's just uh, all our guests have kind of been lame and had like fulfilling <laughs> jobs. Listen, all of our guests are crushing. listen. All of our guests are bootlickers. Okay, <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, uh, in that case, I'll I'll tell you. Uh, there's, I've had so many horrible bosses. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I worked with so many horrible companies. Uh, do you guys remember a company called Three Do? No, no. All right, so Three Do used to make a bunch of like really cheesy and like, like. The games, the video games that your aunt would buy at Walmart mm-hmm. type of things. Like, oh, I see you like army men. So they, they would, you know, make army men games. Yep. <laughs> so um, when I, I worked there as a quality control tester, and they were so bad at time management, and they were so predictable in their bugs, that I spent most of my time just playing Diablo 2. <laughs> I I can literally I can literally look at the game title and write out bugs for it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see what else was about. Wait, that so you time. were like a game tester? Yeah. That's awesome. Is that not like the 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 dream for most most nerds? Like, I want to be a game tester when I grow up. That sounds amazing. Well, it so they don't. It, it's a it's kind of terrible pay, and it depends on what company you work for. So. Uh, What's a video game company you like? Uh, I, I guess like the the guys who make like um, Skyrim, like Bethesda, like does like uh, okay, does so, uh, Fallout and yeah. What? How long do you think their development time is for a Skyrim? It must be. I mean, I'd say two to three years. I would say. I, I would say. I might even double that. Honestly, like from like when they went like initial concept to when it actually gets released, I bet it's something like six or seven years. Most of the, most of the time for a AAA game, it's around three to five years. Okay. At least from what I understand. Uh, 3DO, a development time for their game was six months. Wow. That's wild. <laughs> so when I say I could open up a game, 
play it for like five minutes and write uh, bug reports, it's because I can open up a game, play it for like five minutes, and realize they still haven't fixed the bugs for the past three generations of this mm-hmm. game because they went off on a seven, uh, six month development cycle. <laughs> That's wild. Um, let's see what else. Uh, it turned out that my direct supervisor was a wanted felon. Oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> so uh, I'm not cheating you. Like, we were just going to, we were at work one day. I was at work one day, and federal marshals show up. <laughs> and they arrest him, and he's like 10 feet away from me. Damn. Did he put so, up a fight, or did he just like accept that he was going to get arrested? He put up, how should I put it? He put up a fight in the sense of, like, you have the wrong person. That's not uh, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't, like, punch people. He, he. I think at one point tried to run, run away, but he, did, he got, like, maybe two or three feet. Yep. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm looking at some of the, the games that 3DO made, and they, you're right. They went hard on Army Men. That was, like... A third of their catalog, it looks like. <laughs> Army Man was a sweet game. I remember playing that for N64. Oh, uh, there's nothing you will ever play this. Uh, there was two bugs that uh, I, I I discovered in that game, uh, that game series. You could literally go up to uh, big, big objects and you could put your scope on and it would project your vision further and you could shoot through objects because their objects were, uh, their collision detection was only uh, was not three di- three dimensions. Uh-huh. So they so the, a wall would only stop an object going through it if it started outside of the wall. Mm-hmm. And you Excellent. could see. It. <laughs> and then there was a uh, they had this tank game where they had a uh, competitive mode where if you die to the environment, it didn't die, it didn't count to your death tolls. Mm-hmm. So I won a competition by choosing the tank with the most just like disposable hand grenades or whatever rockets going up <laughs> to someone using all my load then running off myself off a cliff <laughs> just instant reloads <laughs> because I'm like uh, what's the goal of this thing the goal is to get five kills okay it could be yourself <laughs> no 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 oh. killing yourself didn't count for anything oh okay okay Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but it, it was just like, it was, uh, I was young and stupid. Uh, this was like in 99, 2000, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, it had like the worst HR nightmares ever. Like, it was just, <laughs> it was fun for a teenager or like a 20 yeah. year old. But oh my God, where's there like, blatant racism sexism oh yeah like, <laughs> like uh, i'm very happy i'm a white guy but i'm not happy i'm happy i'm a white guy if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah yeah oh, that's crazy <laughs> um all right well jerry you want to uh get into scoops and poops then let's do it and i got a doozy of a poop today okay <laughs> well well jerry why don't you start us off you can leave us off with your scoops and poops uh, so so this is continuing in the video game trend and uh i just i just had to bring this uh 
spicy bit of popcorn news over. So, uh, Pat, as you know, we've we've talked about my other uh, nerdy hobby, uh, Eve Online, in the past. Oh, okay, Spreadsheets I... online. <laughs> Spreadsheets <laughs> online. But I just wanted to say uh, the Eve Online community has been rocked by scandal this week. That's <laughs> <laughs> so nerdy. <laughs> rocked by scandal, and it's it's kind of sad because a lot of it's real world scandal. But <laughs> so to give give some background information to uh, our listeners who might not know. Eve Online, it's a massively uh, online multiplayer game. Basically, think of like World World of Warcraft plus Star Wars. You know, basically, kind of think about it like that. So, in this game, there's different alliances, and the largest alliance in the game is called uh, the Goons, mm-hmm. and it's about forty thousand like real people, like individual, like actual people, make up this alliance of of players. And so the leader of the goons is is this guy called the Matani. All right, there's the background information, so you're up to speed. You you, okay. you, you got your breath. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, the story starts with uh, this famous goon player called uh, Zenuria, and uh, like he was a he was a streamer, like kind of like if if Eve Online had an equivalent of the Pro Tour, he would be like a pro player. And there's been like rumblings for years that this dude's a scumbag pedo, uh, but there was never any proof of it until this week. Uh, there were some compromising screenshots that got leaked that, you know, proved that this guy was a pedophile. Um, so there was this big, massive, you know, outcry and like everyone's like, how could this happen? And the guy got banned from the game and all this other stuff. And, you know, that that's all great. But the result of it is people started coming out of the woodwork saying that this guy, the Matani, who is the leader of goons, knew about it the whole time. Oh, boy. And not only did he know about it the whole time, but he actively covered it up. Mm, and and that that's just the tip of the iceberg is like when that started, when those allegations started coming out it started this whole like me too style movement in the game where all of these players started coming out and talking about like all these like scumbag things that this guy, the Matani was doing, how he like at like uh various, like uh, like there's like E Vegas every year where all the players go to Vegas and there's like panels from the developers and things like that. Um, but there are stories about how he was like flashing uh, women at these events um, how he was like sexually harassing people. And so like all of these allegations came out and it was just like a, a tidal wave of, um, you know, inappropriate content that, uh, that this guy was doing. So finally he came out and basically in, in a speech that looks like it could have been like copied and pasted from Donald Trump's playbook. Oh no! <laughs> basically said, it's like, I didn't do anything wrong. But even if I did something wrong, it wasn't that big of a deal. And if it was that big of a deal, I didn't actually mean it. And if I did mean it, well, then they deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> like gave like the, the biggest most, non-apology of all yeah, time. the biggest non-apology of all time and said, but it's like, but because of all this cancel culture and everyone trying to take me out, I've decided for you know the good of the uh, the good of the goons that I'm going to be resigning as the as the leader of the alliance and step 
nothing down and wow. so he, he quit wow. <laughs> and so it's just been like this like popcorn popcorn galore of just like all this drama that i've been watching and it's great because i'm not part of that group they're uh they're an enemy of my group and it's just been <laughs> it's been great fun like sitting on the other side of the river just like watching the dumpster fire from across the river <laughs> you know <laughs> eating my popcorn i think you're freaking the fact that the goons are like have millions of dollars in assets I'm, yes. I'm talking real world assets <laughs> yeah i mean they're they're the most powerful like play organization in the world or in in the eve world i should say but like yeah like vix right like their assets in game translate to like millions of dollars in real world value i mean it's Jeez. it's a group forty thousand people strong like if you have forty thousand people of anything, like that's that's some pretty significant influence that you can wield. Yeah, that's um, wild. And it's just so funny seeing like this this huge organization just come crumbling down on all of these, uh, you know, <laughs> very real world style uh, uh, scandals. Now, was that your scoop or your poop? I can't tell. <laughs> I admit, I think it's my scoop for like the, okay. the drama that it is, and also okay. my poop, the poop for uh, just the shitty people and seeing. Yeah. I guess it's it's my scoop that's watching justice be delivered, <laughs> and yeah. and poop on the people getting the justice delivered to them. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, how about you, Vic? Do you have any scoops in the top eight this week? Well, uh, I was short poop, which is Magic apparently stopped printing uh, uh, cards in Russian. I saw I, that. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. They they yeah. stopped Russian, traditional Chinese, and Korean, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll I'll try to keep it. I know I'm a little birdie, but like one of the things that really disappointed me about Theros, uh, because I saw that like these special Japanese things, is that there wasn't like a special set of uh, Theros cards in like Greek. Mm -hmm. I have no, I have no problem. I don't personally like Japanese cards, but I have no problem with people like that. I just want you know more languages because I think like the Greek and the Skrillic alphabet look cool on cards. So I just want more of those. Mm -hmm. in, in terms of scoops, um, it might come as a shock to you, but I, uh, you guys put the idea of uh, doing this open stuff in my head when you first started doing the uh, legacy, leaving legacy open. Um, also, uh, the Lexi Pit, those are really great guys. Um, I have to say that I want to scoop in a couple other content creators, which are uh, the Eternal Dirtles, um, and most importantly, the guys at Cantrip Cartel. They're a bit smaller, but they uh, they do what I think any podcast should do, which is they're really genuine about who they are. Mm -hmm. So like the first like 20 minutes of them, they just go over their week and it often has nothing to do with magic. But, you know, there's something wholesome about, you know, just two guys talking about, oh, here's my Farmville game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that sounds familiar, Pat. It does. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and or here's how I here's my new lawnmower that I got. It's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And also. If I did say it before, and I'll say it again, YouTube. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'm gonna scoop in Vic and 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 for sure, and all the other people who uh, you know are doing what they can to keep legacy alive in their local communities. Man, I think it's an admirable thing you guys do. And and Vic, you can speak from like just like we can that it's definitely a a labor of love, and uh, you know it's it's done for the love of the game, and and, and I think it's very admirable. So I'm, that's gonna be my scoop today is Vic and all the other guys who are doing the grassroots organizing to uh 
to keep the game alive. I love it. I'd love to see it. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I, uh, I would love to come on again later when I have more success under my belt, but that's up to you guys. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Just, just shoot us a message. If you have a top eight, you want to talk about whatever, you know, a top, yeah. top eight results from your, from one of your events. And you want to talk about the decks, like just shoot, shoot us a message, man. We're always, always happy to talk to people about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably next ask you when I continually get like 32 people or so. Okay. Yeah. That sounds great. Awesome. All right. Well, well, thanks for coming on Victor this week, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks for, to, uh, to Colin yeah. for, for, for messaging us and saying, Hey, like I think this to be a great guest for the week and, uh, and, and so shout out to Colin. Oh, and I forgot to, I forgot to scoop him. Uh, he often goes by, uh, Deathrite Ranger, which okay. is playing on a couple of uh, elf cards. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll scoop him, scoop him in the top eight as well then. Um, yeah. but th- thanks for hanging out this week, Vic. It was great talking to you. And, uh, it was and, great uh, talking to you. I'll, awesome, I hope he, I hope I don't sound like an idiot on the podcast. Myself. No, man, it's great. It's, it's great. No, no, man. I'm just saying, what, what, uh, it's often odd to hear yourself recording. Always, it always is. Yeah, it always <laughs> is. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everyone for hanging out this week, and we'll we'll catch you all next week. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> I remember playing back in '94. When three mana never got me a four-four I remember playing back in 94 Before storm, before the grizzled brands and neoforms I remember playing back in 95 Battling the ivory tower with my black I remember playing back in 95 When the only force of will was the one we had inside You say we've come so far I say where we going So many planeswalkers The stained glass ceiling's broken Gold-plated diamond cards Still our wallets open Take me back to 94 I remember playing in March of 96 Trading that moon and green ward for a chromium I remember playing in March of 96 When my local game store still sold packs of legends And they were only $10 a pack back then Which seemed like an awful lot to me at a time Cause I was a kid and I didn't make any money So I had to beg my mom to buy me one and finally she did And I was really hoping that I would open an Elder Dragon Legend But instead I opened a Tempest of Freet but I learned to love that Tempest of Freed, and I put that Tempest of Freed into every single deck that I made, but I was too scared to use its ability, because I couldn't bear the thought of losing my Tempest of Freed. And that's what it meant to play Magic back then. We had a real emotional connection to the cards. Not like these kids today with their fancy Twitter accounts and their sideboard guides and their arena tournaments. Back in my day, when we would open a pack of cards, it was magical. We didn't know what we were going to get. Now it's all ones and zeros. I opened a $5 card. I'll trade you for your $7 card, or you're going to have to give me two extra dollars of value. No! 
back in my day when we traded for a card, it was because we liked it. I traded two dual lands for a minion of Leshirak. Have you seen the picture on that card? You say we've come so far. I still say where we go in. So many planeswalkers, the stained glass ceiling's broken. Gold-plated diamond cards, still our wallets open. Take me back to 94.